Hello and welcome to another Dynamite After Dark. This is Jeff, uh, along with my buddy Shane Zanman Sabunia, uh, and we're here to talk about tonight's Dynamite After Dark. You're listening to us live on Spreaker and also on YouTube. If you are listening to us on YouTube, please kill, click that like button, click the subscribe button, and ring the notification bell so you can hear everything we do, which is at least two live shows a, uh, a week and um, possibly another. YouTube exclusive special coming here in two weeks. Shane, what did you think of tonight? Tonight was awesome. I loved it. 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 Why don't you even ask my opinion if you're just going to spoil it right away or anyway? Dynamite <laughs> was awesome. So I just want to get the negative out of the way first. Negative? I Jim feel Ross, like well, yeah, Jim Ross is freaking horrible. They need to get rid of this guy. I mean, if you, if you want to have him as a consultant, fine. But he needs to be off the air as a commentator. Why? Because in the main event, you've got Private Party, who we haven't seen in weeks, it feels like, on AEW Dynamite, wrestling in a match. And the team is Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy. He calls Cassidy Kennedy. Private Party does not have Ken Kennedy, Kennedy, in their tag team, Jim Ross. Also, AEW has the hottest heel in professional wrestling right now, besides maybe Kenta and NJPW. And... His name does not is not Michael Jacob Friedman like he called him last week. It's not Matthew Jacob Friedman like he called him this week. His name is Maxwell Jacob Friedman Jr. Get it right or get the fuck off my off my audio. Uh, at least we started positive this week. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I, yeah, he's he fumbled over some things. He did his Conrad bit. He did his barbecue bit. Um, I, my only negative outside of, you know, some bad there was everything we complained about last week changed this week. It was different. It was it was what we wanted. We got little vignettes of people that weren't there. We got him throwing it to commercial breaks perfectly. We got good wrestling. We got a squash match. We got um, it just it seemed like everything that we complained about last week came true. And this to me was just a great show all around with the exception of a few flubs by the announcement team. And, you know, for, you know, people say that, like, Britt Baker is really hot. I, I don't see it, honestly. No. I really do not. And, but, you know, what I have felt for ever since I first saw her wrestle is that she has resting bitch face. So it's nice that she's actually going out there and, and, and uh, her words are matching, the and her personality is, is matching that face of hers these days. I've never been a fan of somebody being a heel by trashing the announce team. Um, so that's kind of putting me off on her little heel turn that she's doing. I get it. She's um, trashing Riho in the process, but she's not even a number one contender. So what good is it doing? It's great to be a heel, Brit, but running her out there every single... And it was nice getting her on TV today to, to kind of push, push her heel bit a little bit more. But what is the point of running down announcers? I, I, I don't, um, I've never been a fan of that. I don't get it. I don't like it, but it is what it is, I guess. Well, the point is to get a lot of, a lot of heat on you. You've got beloved announcers like Jim Ross and Tony, who I hate, and, and Tony Schiavone, who I have always enjoyed. Then, um, you know, I think, I think the point is, you know, you have these legendary people out there, whether, whether they're announcers or wrestlers, that you're insulting and you're getting heat by doing that. 
now we've seen it two weeks in a row. Let's get let's move past it. If she wants to continue to trash legends, start trashing actual legends that were in the ring, not trashing the announcers. It's, Speaking of, go ahead. I, I'm just it's I'm over the fact she spent another five minutes just trashing announcers, and that's great. You want to put a dig at the announcers, you want to talk to them, trash them a little bit. That's great, but don't base your five minute promo around trashing the announcers. That's all I'm saying, and that's two weeks in a row she's done that. And speaking of Riho in the women's division, maybe I missed something, but how the hell was Nyla Rose number one contender for the women's championship? When did Bianca Belair sign with AEW and cut her hair and shortened by five inches? <laughs> I, I yes. We've seen big swollen WWE in uh, AEW before. My point is simply Nyla Rose has done nothing to become the number one contender. I mean, just because she put Rio through a table? You know, that actually brings up another point, too, is all night long they were announcing Moxley as the, as the number one contender. Well, if they're doing their ranking system properly, who's to say he's... And he's still having matches, which he is next week against Ortiz. Who's to say he's still going to be the number one contender in 30 days? Right. We saw that at the, at the very first, you know, Di- Dynamite, where um, Cody said that he would have to beat... Um, who was he? I know he wrestled somebody like in the first second dynamite where if he had lost, he would have lost his number of contendership. Well, he wrestled Guevara in the first. Okay, so, yeah, so it was Guevara. So, so it was like, it was like if I lose to Sammy, and you know, then then the match is off. Or if I lose to, or if Jericho loses to, um, was it Darby Allen? Then the match is off. I believe you know, so. No, it was. So, so it was. It was kind of. It was kind of. The, they were saying it both ways though. Like, you know. A loss at any time could take me out of number of contendership, which is actually what we saw from, um, oh gosh, now I, now I forgot her name. Um, Cheetah, you know, we saw, we saw that she lost to Chris, Lapps, Chris Tatlanders that put her right out of, out of being the number of contender right the week after she became the number one contender. Right. And that's, I'm just, what I'm saying is if they're going to go with this ranking system and they're going to hold true to it, like they keep saying they are, then they cannot either. They, they shelf the two for a month or they get away from saying he's the number one contender and they're, and they're signing their contract or whatever. I, I just think that the ranking system is not working. It seems like every single week they're throwing a monkey wrench into it that makes it not work with mini tournaments and four-way uh, four-way matches to crown new number one contenders. I, he's a number one contender, win or lose. At this point, he needs to stay the number one contender. Let's get rid of the ranking system at this point. It's not doing... It's not, it's not working the way that I think they hoped it would. We can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, though. I mean, I, th- I think it's cool to have a ranking system. We, we haven't seen that in years, other than MLW, which, ne- which, ne- which their ranking system never made any sense at all either. Um, you know, we haven't seen it in WWE, like, ever. Well, I, no, they did it on SmackDown for a while, didn't they? Yeah. I think they did it on SmackDown for a while, a couple of years ago. But I, but, I mean, really, I just want it to make more sense than it does. Um, you know, I would say, you know, have, you know have, to have your top contenders, but then, you know, once you have a title shot locked in, then just freeze it at that spot. Yep. You know, freeze the number one contender at that spot and let the other guys, you know, fight it out there. But, you know, I, I don't want it to come out like next week. Like, OK, so he's number one contender. You know, they've already got the, the, the title match set for Revolution, um, which, by the way, since it's taking place on Leap Day, does that mean they can only have Revolution every four years? Um, but um, 
<laughs> but he, I don't want to be if he loses to Ortiz next week. Okay, all of a sudden Moxley's not the number one, not the number one contender. And what's with him? What's with him calling him the new number one contender when he's been a number one contender for a month now? He just had to. He just beat the number two contender last week to cement it. You know. Well, he's been the number one contender since uh, after their last pay per view. He came out right. and was announced as number one contender. He went through matches. He fought. Um, they did their little bit where he was going to join the inner circle, blah, blah. And then, you know, he was still the number one contender during the little mini tournament. And then he beat, you know, everybody to win the mini tournament and keep his number one contendership. It, it's He's not the new number one contender. Like you said, he has been for a couple of months. I just, I, I like your idea of freezing it, though. You're the, you're the number one contender. The match is signed. This is frozen. You are going to get your title shot. Everybody else fight for number two right now. Or to right, or, or 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 it could even or it could even be like you know, you're frozen. You're you're the number contender. You have your title shot. Now you're out of the rankings, and we have we don't have five new five new contenders now. Yep. Now everybody fight for the next number one contender shot contendership. Yep. Yeah, yep. And and what's with Cody still being ranked number three? He I hate that. I really do. He cannot fight for a title the rest of his AEW career. He cannot be in the rankings. Plain and simple. We well, can't fight for the world title, right? If they ever um, come up with for a title, but right, or he can fight for the tag titles too. Right, but he can't. He shouldn't be a singles contender. He shouldn't be in the singles ranking at this point, since he's pulled himself out and can't do it again. Either get to the um, little, you know, make he maybe make that one of the stipulations where if he beats MJF or whatever that he can again do it since. MJF's who cost him his title, but until then, keep him out of the rankings. I completely agree, and I brought up the tag team title, so I'm just going to say, you know, there is very little right now in entertainment that has a better ring to it than the former AEW tag team champions, SCU. They put on a hell of a match tonight, though, against uh, TH2. So? And what was with uh, Jack Evans looking like a monster can? Didn't those that color scheme and the design? I know it was supposed to be bones and all that, but didn't it look kind of like a monster, one of the green monster cans? Now that you mentioned it, yes, it certainly did. <laughs> I, just, I, I kept seeing. But but it, but it, but 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 it'd be in helico the the actual can because he was the one that was dressed head to toe in the stuff. Right. Yeah. But it just, with him with the skeleton, it looked a little different. With Evans just having the shorts. It looked, it looked, literally, I looked, I had caught it a couple times out of the corner of my eyes. I'm like, oh, are they sponsored by Monster? But I, I don't know. The, you know. The, the, I, that was a good match. And I, I really hope that TH2 puts it together here and, and becomes one of the top contenders because I just like watching them. And, and they haven't been on for months. And it's nice to see them again. And I, I really want to see those guys every week. I really do. Yeah, I do too, and I and I was really hoping they'd, they'd win tonight. I mean, I I knew they probably weren't going to, but I'd like to see, you know, SCU have that downward spiral that leads to a split between, you know, Frankie and uh, Sky. Or Christopher Daniels just leaves them all together. I think they got to get through their dark order. I think at one at some point, one of the three of them is going to join the dark order. Well, you know, if they're if, since it's the dark order, it should be Scorpio Sky joining them, right? Well, any of them. Any of them would cause the split. Well, Scorpio's, yeah, but, yeah right, right, but Scorpio's the darkest member of the... I'm trying to keep you away from that. I was <laughs> trying to keep that from not happening. <laughs> Shit. And I do love... Well, one of us has got to be the... What, 
one of us is going to be the the Thomas Jefferson of the show. Yeah, that's a good point. I do love the drunk um, hangman. If we can get this drunk hangman, the one that we had tonight in the interview, the the whole and uh, of course the line of the night that gave you your new T-shirt idea, and it was here. Hold my beer. I got to beat someone up. Uh, is that what he said? That's what Tony Schiavone said. Or after after the okay. end, he's like, "Oh, here, hold my beer. I got to beat somebody up." That that's yeah, a perfect hand. Definitely, yeah. And the look on Matt, the look on Matt's face was was priceless. And then you, know, I, I love how we, you know, how he said, uh, "Here, hold my beer." He hands hands the beer to Matt. Matt's like bewildered. He has the buckshot lariat, grabs the beer, drinks it, and he walks back to the dressing room. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> This hang, this version of Hangman, I'm really starting to enjoy. I, I don't want to see him, you know, be a drunk and all, but uh, I love the backstage con- segment that they had with the the two tag teams and uh, the fact that he came out and was bragging about his nameplates and then had nameplates made up for the Bucks too. I thought that was great. <laughs> I just it was, it. and you know, you know, getting back to the getting back to the Buckshot spot, it was like it was like he was like the literal interpretation of that old Steve Austin shirt that said "Arrive." Raise hell, leave. Yep. <laughs> That's how it was. <laughs> literally what he did. We got the Kenny V trigger and then the buckshot. It was that that just whole segment was great. Like, everything Hangman did today was just perfect. Um I what'd you think of Moxley's promo to start the show? Oh, that was great. That was great stuff. I didn't think it um, had but, but go ahead. I didn't think it had enough of Moxley in it. It almost no? felt it almost felt to me more like a Dean Ambrose. Um, because Moxley in his promo work since he's been in AEW and, and NJPW since he's left WWE, he's had, he's stayed away from the one-liners. He's, everything he's done has been with passion. It's been heartfelt. This time I felt like he threw in a couple too many of the one-liners that it borderline on comedic. Um, I don't know. You know, my wife was sitting here watching with me. You know, as I mentioned to you, she had, she had a few nights off this week for once, and you know, she was watching it, and, and she was like, "Wow, he's completely different than he was as Dean Ambrose." Oh, much so, different. Yeah, he he has a different swagger. He has a different um, delivery. He does have a lot of passion. It's just this is the first time I've seen him cut a promo. Well, I guess he did have those couple in NJPW when he was um, with the Young Lion. I can't remember his name. The guy that you're real, real big on. Um, uh, I can't remember. Oh, his the, name. oh, the um, Umino. Yeah, where he, Umino. where he got the Shooter promo out, started calling him Shooter, and then the crowd started calling him Shooter and all that stuff. He had a couple of promos with Umino where he actually borderlined on that comedic. But this is the, really the first time I've seen it in AEW. You know, with his, uh, his yeah, I get it, he's from Ohio, and he had to do the OHIO chant with the crowd and everything. And, that, you know, that was kind of a cool moment for him. And But it just, there were a couple spots where it just seemed like he was trying too hard for the comedy one-liners. And that's not, you know, I, that's not the Moxley I like. I don't know, man. I, I thought he was really intense and really focused. So I, I guess I didn't pick up any on any of that. Um, but you know what? What I was going to say is, you know, I I was I was sitting there wishing when Moxie was talking after after the uh, inner circle came out. Um, and by the way, Jack Sparrow does not wear a goddamn eye patch, Jericho. No, but um, that was still funny. Why? 
But when the inner circle came out, and then and then uh, Moxley was saying, "Well, you guys might be counting it as five on one," but I was I was sitting there just wishing that AEW and Impact had a uh, had a working agreement because how great would it have been for him to say, "But really, it's Ohio versus everything." <laughs> yeah, that would have been fun. That would that would have been a perfect spot for something like that. I was actually hoping that they would have given him a, a, a partner at that point. Not, you know, not a tag partner or anything like that, but just somebody to have his back. Uh, instead, we got a silly little spot where he said it's him and all of Ohio against them, which was kind of a almost cringeworthy moment where I was afraid that uh, it was going to incite some sort of riot where everybody comes in in from the, where people start trying to get in from the audience to have his back. And then they brought out, what five guys that must be just friends of somebody to get on TV. I didn't get that part. What was the point of bringing out five other guys? Yeah, that was weird. And they, and they were all five guys from New York that they said that uh, Santana and Ortiz had brought with them. I didn't recognize any of them. So, so yeah, I mean, just assuming they were, you know, they were extras that were brought in. Just lackeys or some, maybe some guys from the independent scene that they brought in or, I, I don't know. It just didn't seem to fit. It, it, and there are guys that are probably never going to be around again. There was just no point to that, which is sad. It, it is, you know. But, but you know, you said you wish that you know they had somebody come out there to help Moxley, you know, like a one-time partner or like maybe like a you know occasional partner. And it, so we kind of got that a little bit at the end. I felt like you know that you know when Moxley came out and he he saved. Um, what well, didn't really save Darby Allen from being down, saved him from getting his ass kicked worse than he was already getting it kicked. Right. You know, so we we, we, might, we might see a little bit of bond before and between those two coming up. Which I wouldn't have a problem with at all. Me neither. That, that, would be, that would be a good fit, I think, for Darby Allen, and it would get him. But it's their playing Moxley off as, as such a lone wolf. It's hard to see him with anybody in his corner. But a guy like Darby Allen, who's also a lone wolf, would work out well, and Darby's also been out there to help other people against the inner circle in the past with Cody. Yeah, and... I mean, I mean, you know, maybe maybe it's every couple of weeks that you know one of the two could help each other out, and they could you know just start you know kind of like you know giving each other a nod, like you know not like any kind of formal bond, but just kind of like a nod, like you know. I got your back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get um, it. And that would, but, that would but, but, you, but, but you know. And of course, you know, you know, speaking of the weirdest, we talking about you know, like Impact having a working arrangement with them, and Darby Allen, you know, right they're going to skateboard. Definitely, if that's going to happen, they could also recruit Special Delivery Pete to be part of the team. <laughs> yes, they could. I don't, I don't think I would have a real, real problem with that, to be honest. <laughs> no, it'd be pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but I mean, God, that would be that would be, man, that would be a good fit for both. To be able to have, yeah, because I could definitely see OVE as backing up, and and now I'm doing a little bit of fantasy booking here, but I could definitely see OVE fitting with in with Moxley. Uh, I don't know how the Sammy Callahan part would fit in, but the rest of OVE, I could definitely see them fitting in with Moxley, and I could, I would love to see Darby Allen as part of like the Mitchell family or something, in Impact. Oh, that's spooky. Right. I like that idea. Um, yeah, but I was, I was, I was, I was talking about OBE, like actually joining with Moxie, just like have like a, like a loose alliance for, 
you know, a night here and there. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, and that's what I'm, you know, kind of leaning towards too, but they, they would be a perfect fit with Moxley as far as, you know, character and everything with them. They're all kind of a little nuts and scuzzy and um, they would all fit perfectly together. And then, Speaking of character, I thought Arn Anderson was completely out of character tonight. Yeah, that was just a weird little match all around. And him to get up on the apron and do the uh, baseball bump of the of the referee and the referee do that little umpire throwout where he's over exasperating it. Just a weird little segment. The entire match was out of place. Yeah, I mean, has there was there something with the Cleveland Indians this year that would have like that would have like they were mocking or something? Because I I don't follow baseball anymore, so I really don't know. But um, it's. It, it seemed like really, really odd. It see, it, to me, it felt like they were mocking Major League, the movie Major League, which was based on the Cleveland, or which was used the Cleveland Indians as their, um, as the team. To me, that's what, if, uh, what I would, the first thing that jumped into my mind is that they were mocking the movie Major League. That makes a lot of sense, actually. And, and you know what? Bob Euchre would be a much better announcer than Jim Ross. I'm not going to disagree with that. He's a hell of an announcer for the Brewers. He does the radio and side, he, and he and does a great job. And he announced WrestleMania 4, didn't he, or 5? One of the two. Did he announce it? I know he was. he's what made the most guest appearances by a celebrity for them. Didn't he do like six or seven of the WrestleManias? I could, I swear he, he announced at least a few matches at WrestleMania 4 during that tag team. I, 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 I clearly remember him being a... And announcer during the demolition versus uh, strike force match at WrestleMania Four. That's a possibility. That was Jesus thirty some years ago, thirty years ago. I have a hard time remembering yesterday, much less that far back. Oh, yesterday was the day that was the day before today. Doesn't help, man. Doesn't help at all. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't meant to. <laughs> nice try, though. But yeah, I, I I definitely enjoyed this week. I really enjoyed it. I thought uh, I thought they hit, um, for the most part, they hit home runs on. I would say about ninety percent of it, which for a TV show, that's that's a really good average. A really you know, good back average. to back, back to that Cody that that Cody Kipsabian match. My, like I said, my wife was watching with me, and she and she asked me like she's like, who is that chick? And I said that's Penelope Ford. And I said. She's, I said, and I told her, I said, she used to be the bad girl because she was with bad boy Joey Janela. And now she's super bad girl because she's with super bad Kip Sabian. And I swear to God, not 10 seconds, not second, 10 seconds after I said that is when Joey Janela popped up and blocked their kiss together. <laughs> so, then she's like, she's like, who's that guy? I said, that's bad boy Joey Janela. She's like, oh, <laughs> he's the little guy. Um, no, that that entire match just seemed out of sorts. Like there was not much that seemed to fit really anybody in it. Even Cody. Cody's character seemed a little bit out of the norm too, with his uh, overly aggressive uh, crossroads at the end. It did, didn't it? That seemed very weird to me. I mean, there was that. There was the fact that uh, Super Bad just really didn't seem to be. I don't. I don't. I guess I don't know. I haven't seen much of him since he's been with Penelope, just the matches that have been on Dynamite. But he just seemed like he was a little bit out of out of his rhythm as well. 
I agree. I thought he was. I thought he was out of sync, and the timing was. And the timing wasn't very good on his part. And the comedy bits, and the you know, I, I'll give Jr. credit. His throw to the commercial during that um, was you know, Cody's laying out, arms just been thrown out, and Kip Sabian is kissing in the ring. Let's go to break. I thought that was pretty entertaining. Sure. He gets no credit from me whatsoever for anything. Yeah, give him a break. No. Why would I? Good point. He ruined, he ruined NJPW on Access TV, and now he's ruining AEW. Well, I shouldn't say he's ruining it, but he's he's horrible to listen to. After I. I got to give him some credit because, you know, it's we I bitched so much last week about the how he throws stuff to commercials and he seemingly fixed it. And, I you know, I don't want to feel real arrogant and everything because I can almost guarantee that nobody listened to us. Um, but it just seemed weird that we the two things that I complained a good 20 minutes about last week, both of them were fixed this week. One was JR throwing to the commercial break with the split screen and not knowing how to do it this week. And the one thing I said was he just needs to do it like a normal commercial break. And he did it every single time this week. And then also um, the segments. They had a lot of segments that brought in people that weren't a part of the show. We got to see Dark Order, which is something they've been pushing. We got to see that, that, that promo from pack which really had that weird coughing bit in the middle that that kind of took me out of it a little bit but and then you know we got the the promo from uh the bucks and and page and hang aaron page and omega and we also got the uh you know the promo from brett so it seemed like they they were able to get their five matches in they were able to give us lengthy decent wrestling matches in at least three of the five and then well four of the five well, no, because the, um, well, yeah, four of the five. I mean, we got a really good match out of uh, out of SCU and, and TH2. We got a fairly decent but lengthy match in the main event. We got that good match to, to start the show with the Butcher and the Blade against the Bucks. And then we got the squash match with Nyla Rose. It just seemed like they made better use of their time. They were able to get a lot more uh, across than they have been in probably the last eight or nine episodes. So I, I felt like they hit home runs on all that stuff that we complained about last week, at least. And I'm going to be arrogant and think that we did it. We changed it. We changed the wrestling business. Um, the one thing that we complained about last week that I thought that I felt like they did not address this week was, and maybe it's because they did the promo too, and then they had the match. But I mean, there was only, there was still only one women's match on the show. Um, and I really think if, if, they, if they want the women's division to be important, you know, you know, one of the things that they didn't said last year during the initial press conference, God, I can't believe that was over a year ago now. Can you, um, was that, you know, the, the women's division was going to be as important as the tag division, as important as the men's division. And I don't think we've seen that yet in the women's division at all. Well, um, but, but I am excited that we get to see Yuka, Yuka Sakazaki next week because we haven't seen her since what fight for the fallen. Yeah, it's been about that long, yeah. And I, I don't want to see them water it down with women, though. I mean, they've got probably the best tag to... Well, yeah, I would say the, probably the best tag division in the world right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
around those guys out there. They've got five or six of the top main eventers, and they're they're not like tonight. We had three tag matches, one single match, and one women's match. I did to me. One of those tag matches on any given week could be swapped out for maybe an extra women's match or an extra singles match. But I like the fact that they can they continue to, to focus on the tag division. Um, I'm okay with having two tag, divi- two, two tag matches at least and then have the other three matches, uh, you know, having at least one women's match, one um, solo match, one male solo match, and then maybe... That fifth match, they could alternate. This week it was a tag match. Maybe next week it's an extra woman's match. Maybe the week after it's a it's a you know another solo male match, something like that. But having they need to have at least two tag team matches per week, I think. Just because that's yeah, where their I, talent is. Yeah, and and you know I don't even know if I don't even know if they if they need to limit it to five matches a week either. I mean they could do, they could use, they could easily do six and just have. And I think they do most weeks, don't they? they usually have six. I just, I think, just this week, because they, they had that long promo to start the show with, they didn't have time for six matches. Probably what it was. Do they do six? I just, I always felt like it was five. Like five was their standard. Their standard run is. I know they did a couple of shorter matches this time, which they haven't done in the past. You know, normally, but they also did run us. Um, you know, we got a good. 20-minute match to start the show with the the tag match. We got another good 15 to 20-minute match in the middle with that tag match. That main event match was probably, what, 10 to 15 minutes long, and that Cody match was 10 to 15 minutes long. The only real squash match was Nyla Rhodes against um, Baby Bianca. Other than that, it was, you know, and then the rest of the time was filled up with promos. I felt like the pacing was actually really good this time, and I'd kind of like to keep it kind of similar to what they did tonight. Yeah, and I, and actually, that's that's what some, another thing I was going to mention is you, you mentioned the main event was actually it was like twenty minutes long. Was it? Um, okay. And this and and this is the second week in a row that it's been that long. I mean, if you if you look back at the history of Dynamite, a lot of those main events have been have started at like the even the entrances have started at the quarter at the quarter to the hour. So you know we we've got we've had like you know twelve to fifteen minute main events, whereas it, whereas the last couple of weeks we've had twenty. 18 to 20 minute main events, which I think is is better for the brand and better. I mean, obviously, you know, give a don't give a match more time than it needs. Right. But I think, but I think, you know, when you're making the main event the focal point and they're getting, they're getting the, the most time, it makes more it makes more sense to me. A lot of and the, I mean, my only other real complaint about this one was SCU was out there giving a tribute to Kobe, and they were in commercial break. And I think that should have been better timed. Why? It was a split screen. Everybody could see it anyway. We could see it. We couldn't hear it. We couldn't. Hear, we. Um. There are people that actually do care about Kobe Bryant. Yes, but but what? But I'm a professional wrestling fan. I don't need to be. I don't need to ha- hear their tribute to. I mean, it was enough to me that they were all in it. They were on his jersey. Yeah, I I wish that it would have been on the air. I wish that we would have actually been able to hear it. I think we could have gone to a commercial break during their entrance before they made their way to the ring, and they could have timed it better and came back. Um, You know, maybe have them be the second team out, and TH2 came out first, then have them do their entrance, then we could have came back to their tribute moment of silence. If they were doing a tribute to to a professional wrestler, I totally agree with you, but considering the fact that they're doing it to someone who, A, isn't even a... Um, Cleveland, super, Cleveland star, that was, and 
and B, um, isn't a professional wrestler on a professional wrestling show. I think I think what they, what they did is perfectly appropriate. I mean, you know, they, they could have got, there could have been a lot of booze in the audience for them coming out in those in those jerseys, and we and there's no reason to to listen to them boo a superstar like Kobe Bryant either. Yeah, I think because of who it was, it wasn't there wasn't going to be a whole ton of booze. Uh, I just think that there was there's too much respect for the man that uh, and what he did off the basketball court as well as on the basketball court. You know one bad incident but other than that one little bad incident he also did so much for you know, children and underage kids and schools and and charities and so on and plus the the man that he was which is a hall of famer on the court i think there and was and how much of that has to do with professional wrestling jeff nothing but All that right, doesn't there you go that doesn't mean that we couldn't we can't have tributes for other people yes it does it What I'm hearing is you were in love with Kobe Bryant, and you're and you're sad that no, I'm, I'm a Celt- I'm a Celtics fan. I hated the guy when he was on the court. Absolutely despised him. He was, <laughs> I'm not I'm not kidding you. I hated the guy as a competitor, um, because I he was a Laker fan. He took a championship from the Celtics when I was a huge Celtic fan, which I have been all my life. Uh, on the court, I hated the guy, but I have to respect him regardless. Okay, well, respect him in basketball. Don't disrespect him in a wrestling ring. I'm just going to disagree. Agree to disagree is all I'm going to do on this. Yeah, you're going to choose to be wrong like usual. That's fine. And then go piss. Okay, whatever. No, that's my water bottle, Matt. <laughs> I, I love the pack pro- I love the pack promo regardless of the coughing. I, I thought it was awesome. Well, I love the pack promo too. I just thought that was a weird little spot with the coffee and why they would choose to leave that in. Well, because I think it was part of the promo. I think it was it was just like you know this guy's a bastard, so he's going to sit there copying up things and and spitting when he's when he's doing a promo against you. Well, I mean, yeah. that was whole part of his character, honestly. I just wish he had said something about how that's how he feels about Kenny Omega instead of just going right back to his promo about Omega. <laughs> you know, if if he had said something like this this. Just thinking of you makes me cough like this, or you know something along those lines. I think it would have made more sense, but it was as it stood. It was just this weird little coughing spot that kind of had nothing to do with the rest of the promo. I love the Kenny promo. Omega. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny Omega. I am. That's a terrible Scottish accent, but anyway. Is, <laughs> is he Scottish? I thought he was British. No, he, he's, he's yeah, he's, he's kind of British. Anyway, so Kenny Omega. I am coughing up the a hairball with your name on it. You know, something like that. <laughs> that would have made sense. <laughs> but just the weird little coughing spot. I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to trash this. There were a couple of missteps. But for a, an episode, a weekly episode, I felt like they hit home runs pretty much across the board tonight. I, agree. I was really I was happy great. with this show. Um, really happy. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm also happy that we've done now, you know, we did a show on Monday night, we did a show tonight, and neither time did I hear your cat howling in heat. So that's nope. awesome. She was out of it by Monday night. Thank God. <laughs> Anything else on tonight's show? No, I got nothing. 
All right, then tell everybody else where they can listen. Tell everybody where they can listen to us at. All right, guys. Hopefully you're listening on YouTube, and I've seen a few people pop in and out. Uh, kind of like you guys stick around a little longer, but that eh, is what it is. Um, but if you do hear us on YouTube, go ahead, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, ring that notification bell. Um, if you're listening to us on Spreaker or any of the other iTunes and uh, iHeartRadio and and all the other places where you can normally download your um, your podcasts, uh, check out our Patreon page. It's at patreon.com slash kingdom of honor. We have links to my Twitter at Regie Co-op. We have links to our YouTube page and you can uh, subscribe to us and uh, get some exclusive content in the meantime. You can help us, uh, you know, keep this show up and running and providing you as much content as possible and you can hear a lot of wrestling talk a lot of um marvel talk a lot of uh sci-fi talk pretty much whatever we can get our hands on uh we're also looking at doing the mandalorian uh for a future live exclusive um youtube show so we're going to watch that and give you our thoughts on that just like we just finished up with jessica jones um you can also again follow me on twitter at regi co-op he is at zanman l-o-p use the hashtag d-a-d and the hashtag k-o-h uh, you'll find all of our content that way and make sure you stay tuned to all the other l-o-p radio shows tomorrow night is ms l-o-p radio adventure on friday no longer the right side of the pond around, but we do have a new show replacing it called NWA Power, the Legacy Series, with our old buddies, Miss Fan and the Mystic. Um, we'll be back with you next Monday with Kingdom of Honor, talking about the new beginning in Sapporo, which there's two shows this weekend, and we'll, we'll probably just cover the, the big matches on there. Um, also, Monday night, we'll be doing for our patreon channel we will be, we'll be doing our the first of our ring of honor um ongoing series which haven't which haven't discovered we haven't figured out a name for that yet but we'll be, we'll be doing that um and then on uh, wednesday we'll, you'll, we'll, you'll be able to hear more dynamite after dark along with sports entertainment is dead hey are we moving to tuesdays yeah should we move to tuesdays i think we should move to tuesday I think Tuesday, Wednesday makes a better back-to-back pairing. Um, Tuesday without having a live wrestling show on the TV makes more sense, and and then we can complain about it too. And it, and it gives us more time to get caught up on the on the on the wrestling scene as well. So yeah, it does. When do we? When do you want to do that, Jeff? Should we do it next week? Let's do it next week. All right, next week, guys, Tuesday. Yeah, so Tuesday will be Kingdom of Honor, and then also the Patreon show, right? Yes. All right, so that's all we've got. We'll try to do better next time. This is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights, and Jeff saying... Love you long time. Goodbye. Oh, my God. (laughs) Thanks for switching lanes to Raising Cane's. One box combo, please. That's four juicy chicken fingers. We'll start cooking. Garlicky butter Texas toast. Tastes as good as it's looking. Fresh coleslaw and crispy fries you won't be skipping. And our secret cane sauce you want to keep dipping. Plus, our lemonade or iced tea made fresh today by me. Yo, 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 here's your chicken to go. Wow, that was fast. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, one love. <laughs>